0: Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. This is a long time coming, or it feels like a long time coming, even though it's just a couple days after I wanted this to go live, but that's okay. So it is a busy time of year. It is a full time of year. I hate the word busy, but it is a full time of year. I'm hoping I'm not the only one. It's funny because we keep it pretty simple around here but my kids have gotten older they've joined things they sing they're in performances you know classes have field trips and i just find this time of year can just feel so full and i just celebrated my birthday last week and i had a little party which i told you guys about so that happened and all of a sudden here we are and I haven't found the calm space to record this episode until right now, and you will hear from the topic that it needs to be delivered in a calm space. So today we're going to talk about the summer and planning for OM. So the flow planning process has four categories. F stands for food and wellness. L stands for lifestyle and family. Om, I sometimes say AK spirituality and self-care. Sometimes I say downtime and self-care. I talk about it in different ways. And the W is for work, which is pretty self-explanatory. And so I already posted the episodes about summer and food and summer and lifestyle, I do recommend you go back and listen to them. If you pick only one, if you're not trying to up your food game this summer, that's cool. I would go listen to the lifestyle one because that is where I really go through line by line the planning sheets that I'm giving to you that go along with all these episodes. So I have found that these little planning sheets that I've given you are really, really helpful in defining the parts of summer that can sometimes, I don't know, pass us by or get us off our mark or not lean into the summer we really want, however you want to phrase it. But I find that when I fill out these sheets, and we've been doing it for quite some time in my household, um, and people who are part of this community have been doing it for a handful of years as well, And so I've heard their comments. When we fill out these sheets, it's almost like when we go back in September and are asked, How was your summer? It's not like we'll need to have this laundry list of stuff that we're, you know, telling everyone we did, but it's more like we are grounded in a different way because we have taken control of our summer. We've understood our summer. We've not just let it pass us by and we can stand in that grounded, whether we tell people what we've done or not, maybe on your sheet, right, you want to sleep the whole summer and that's fine. But when somebody asks you how your summer was, you will just say great because you had all those naps and sleepy moments that you needed. So that's really what this is about. So go download your worksheets and lists or planning sheets. They're not really work. They're planning and they're pretty. They're colorful. You can put them on your fridge. This is one of the times when I have planning sheets that also involve the family. So there's three sheets. There's one for us, the moms. The, a dad could do this sheet too, for sure. It just says mom on it. So, you know, you'd have to deal with that. Um, but for sure a dad could fill this out. I find that, um, the family sheet really helps the whole family. So I include the dad, if you have a dad in your household, in that. And so there's the, the you sheet, the family sheet, and each kid gets a sheet. And what I find this does is it really helps us as the mom, who sometimes does everything for everybody else, to really claim what we need in this summertime It gives our kids permission to do the same, which might be a new way of looking at things, but the questions are um, on purpose. So there's good questions that aren't just, so the things that get put on that sheet aren't just, you know, I'm going to go play this video game and go do this and all the things you don't want them to do. They're going to be asked what they're going to read, how they're going to help around the house, what they're going to do on a rainy day. All those things are asked on that that planning sheet. So don't worry. But what it does is it really empowers everybody to think about what they want, to get the support. And then also one of the things that I found happens within a family on vacation, which summer can be a very prolonged vacation, is that We hit a lot of boundaries around what we personally want, our kids, what they personally want, and what is right for our family. And so these sheets really help with that. And anyway, I'm going off and I explained all of this in the lifestyle episode. So go back and listen to that one and do the sheets. But today I'm going to touch on the topic of OM because I feel like the summer is a time when as busy women who are moms working, and doing all these things, we can totally forget to take care of ourselves and our spirit. So the food and the lifestyle episode and the work one, which will be coming up, they're really practical, um, full of strategies and things that you can do. But on this episode, we're going to go a little bit deeper and really unpack this idea of OM and what it can mean in the summer. And before we do that, I just want to go in and maybe define find it a little bit better. So there is no doubt that in the flow planning process, um, I wanted everyone to plan in a way that really flowed from what we desire most into what we want in these 90 days, into what we want in this bigger chunk of time, whether it be a month or a moon cycle or 21 days, into what we want in a week and then in a, in a day. And how we're make, bringing, all, carrying, flowing all this stuff forward. Like that is the essence of the flow planning process. But um, the acronym also had to work. And I got stuck on that. Oh, and then the OM came to me. And it's funny, it's the only controversial part. It's the only thing I've ever gotten hate mail on, but it's a word that I really love and really for me embodies everything that I want this area of our life to feel like. So I found this explanation of it on a yoga site. And I'm going to, it's, it's on doyouyoga.com. And I just feel like they did such a good job of explaining it. And so I'm going to read from their site a little bit more details on what OM might mean. Here we go. There are many different translations, uses, and regards of the word OM, but in simple terms, it is the basic sound of the world used to contain all other sound, the sound of God, of the universe, etc. It's a Sanskrit vibration or mantra made up of three sounds, A, ah, O, oh, Ma. It is used often at the beginning or end of yoga classes, that's how I found it, to not only join students with teachers, but also to connect us deeper with the entire universe. While it is believed to be the sound of creation, many like to think of it as the sound of silence. That's crazy, right? Because it's a word, but I'm not talking about the kind of silence you might experience in an empty house or down a quiet street. I'm referring to the silent sort of vibration you may experience when you're completely still. So when we chant OM by ourselves or with others, we're in a way tuning into that silence, that vibration inside of us to resonate with the silence and vibration of the universe. It really is quite a beautiful thing if you think about it opening your mouth to make one simple sound just to remind just to be reminded that you're an integral part of the existence right here right now Okay I love this explanation and I very much experience this sense of quiet every time I go to yoga when we start and finish each class with om And over the years, I've really been able to bring that quality, that feeling I have when we do it into the rest of my day or into other parts of my day, I should say, because very often it doesn't get brought in, but I love when it does. And so I plan for that or I try to plan for that, make space for that. So I just want to tell you guys that when I was first going to a yoga class where they chanted Om, I was very uncomfortable. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand this word. I didn't feel anything. It just was awkward to me. It was embarrassing. I don't love my voice, which is kind of funny because here I'm on a podcast, but I mean like the singing voice. I'm always off pitch and I have this weird hearing loss from years ago when the food wasn't helping my ear infection issues and I had lots of ear infections. And so I just don't like the way I sound and almost no different. And so I got really uncomfortable in yoga classes whenever that happened. In fact, at the very beginning, I would be late. I would leave early. I just avoided it with everything I could. And then one class, I don't know whether it was months, years in, I had that same awkward moment at the beginning of a class. And then I just happened to have a really good class. You know, every yoga class is very different. And by the way, yoga is just one of the ways that I've chosen to move my body Um, it's, it's one of my favorite forms of exercise. It's one of the most enjoyable and hardest and everything. And I highly recommend it for everyone who hasn't tried it. But this one particular class, I was really having a good day. And if you do yoga, you know that you can do the same poses every day and they're always different. And this day I was just really tuning into my body. I was feeling comfortable. Like it was literally flowing, huh? Funny word. So at the end of class, we went into OM and I just, I really heard it. I could hear all these different sounds, of all these different people, high notes, low notes, but it literally sounded perfect. I could really hear the perfection of the sound. I could hear how that noise made quiet. I could feel the peace and it really calmed me down. And that was when I fell in love with this practice, this concept, this word, um, and why I'm so glad that it's part of the flow planning process that we're really trying to cultivate this feeling um, in our own lives. Okay. And I really feel like the summer is one of those times, I guess, kind of like the Christmas, Hanukkah, winter holiday season that comes with a lot of baggage. It comes with a lot of preconceived ideas of how it should go down, how it should be, what it should look like, how how it should feel. And very often, it doesn't by nature feel the way that we think it should. You know, a lot of times in our groups, where we talk about you know, the bathing suit and not feeling comfortable in the bathing suit or the busyness because so often in summer, it's like we've had kids in school and we have all these other things, you know maybe you know we're an entrepreneur, we're working from home, the, the hours that we can while the kids are in school, we're cooking dinner, we're cleaning up after everybody. And then summer hits and we still have all those same things, except for many of us, that either means we have kids home or we have kids in a different camp every week, which is like transition hell. And so it's just not always by nature as relaxing as we want it to be. Once we have kids, it's different. I don't know about you, but I used to sit for long hours on the beach. It's really funny because my 15-year-old son has been observing that some of the girls in his class just like to sit in the sun. And I was like, oh yes, I did that at one point in my life. That is what I did. And that's just not what it looks like anymore. Um, but it can feel that way. It can feel that same way if we just make a plan for it. Okay. Okay. So let's consider OM and the summer. And actually, before we do that, I want to say one other thing about OM. And that is that I feel like if I've witnessed this category make the biggest impact in people's lives who've either gone through the flow planner and told me about it or who are part of the year-long Flow 365 program, I've seen over and over again, um, you know, a meditation practice for the first time ever, or a meditation practice actually happening, or more unstructured downtime, or bang-shuang a house, which I would think goes into this category, all these things really impact other areas of our life. They impact our relationships. They impact how we eat. They impact our parenting, our marriage, our home, our work. So it's a really cool category to consider even though me talking about it for you may or may not be as uncomfortable as it was for me sitting in that yoga class being really uncomfortable chanting. Okay. So let's get back to considering Aum in the summer. So what I've noticed about summer, and I feel like this podcast episode is such a good illustration of that, is that it can feel really full before it even starts, right? So I literally couldn't record this podcast because I have been at potlucks and recitals and rehearsals and regattas and all these things, and life has just been full, and then all of a sudden it's summer and again it's like we're supposed to all of a sudden feel relaxed yet we have all these duties in fact usually we have more than we have during the school year because we have this added change that our kids are doing something different they're not in school they're at camp or at home or somewhere different and we have to go through that transition with them <laughs> sometimes with a tantrum with younger ones right so those days do end by the way but They are not easy when you're in it. And transitions can be hard for older kids too. So it just comes out in a whole different way. It comes out as attitude. So when I, a few weeks ago, or maybe even a few months ago, one of my good friends, Amy, maybe you're listening to this, gave me this spreadsheet that was so helpful because it put on one column going down the dates of every weekend then week of summer. So I like to think of my weekends and my weeks different because sometimes we'll travel for a weekend and then, you know, camp is during a week or whatever. And so it had all the dates for summer of that. And then across the other column, across the top column, each person in our household had basically a column, right? So it was like, each kid's name, then my name, then my husband's name. And so each week and weekend, I would go through, and a lot of times we're doing the same thing because we're a family. But, you know, as the kids get older, somebody's at this camp, somebody's at that camp, somebody's away with my parents, somebody's away with my mother in law. Like it just changes a little bit. And I really needed to see it. I needed to see this picture. And it's fantastic. And I'm so grateful for this tool and I love it. And what I realized, it shifted in me as well, was I was back to all the things that we're doing. And I think that that is one of the dangers of life right now, (laughs) is that we're always looking at what we're doing. And I'm hoping that that's what OM and really considering OM in this category can really help us with. So mind you I feel so great to know where grateful to know where everybody's going to be when and then I also wanted to shift in and figure out how I can how it's not always about doing and so here are some of the things I did so the first thing I do to support this idea in the summer is I went and I go you can go through you can still do this even if you have plans by the way even if you feel like you've planned your whole summer I still would highly recommend doing this But I go through the calendar and I put in all of the downtime. And for me, this means weeks of no camp, right? So I want to make sure there's weeks where kids are just home and, you know, unstructured and bored. Boredom is good. Boredom is part of (laughs) home. A weekend in nature camping. This is a really important thing that I have learned to love, um, I I do love it. I love camping. It really is connecting, but I had to learn to love it because I did not grow up camping. And we, my kids love it. It, It's like just one of their favorite things to do every summer. And I make sure that that's in there because I find that camping is definitely an home activity. It's definitely just connects you to the earth. It connects you to the sounds. It connects you to the rhythm of the day. Um, It's so helpful in that way. And then I put in days that I just, you know, we're gonna have fun, a hundred percent unplugged, myself included. So it has to be on a day when I don't have to get work done. But um, just days that are unplugged, and I can model that. And it's not the road trip to New Orleans, which we are going on. It's not a week with my parents. That we're spending on the beach. It's not even the week that I created to be all by myself on a business retreat, which I'll tell you more about in the next episode. Those weeks all promise to be fun and summery, but they're not about restoration. So OM um, is really about restoration. It's about letting yourself be bored, bored enough to find creativity and connection with ourselves and a deep calm that can only be fostered by that sense of boredom, of sitting still, both for ourselves and our kids. All right. So go put some boredom in your calendar. Okay. Number two, the second thing I do is I brainstorm all of the ways that Om can enter my daily life, even when we're on an adventure. So, what creates that deep sense of om for you in your day? I want you to really think about that. For me, it usually means building up my morning routine around sort of om centered activities, I'm going to call them. So this summer, I'm doing a couple of things in my morning routine, and I've definitely had fun crafting it. And crafting it is just me really considering the things that make the biggest impact on my day, getting really clear about them, maybe Map, You know, mind dumping a whole bunch of choices and then just picking a few. And so my morning routine is around this 30-minute daily meditation practice that I have been working on for a couple of months now. I want that to stay in my morning routine. I am working with oracle cards, which is a relatively new practice. It's my daily walks. It's my morning pages, which are just three pages that I've been writing every morning for about a year now. And it's really reviewing what my food is for the day. So those are my five things. And if I do these five things, then I know that my day can have as many twists and turns that summer will bring and I can still keep my cool. My morning routine actually gets easier for me in the summer. So this may not be true for everyone. It may not be true if you have like little, little kids, but if you have older kids, it might. And But the really important thing is that you acknowledge that it's a change of season and that new things can happen. New There might be new processes that you can have in your life that it doesn't have to be the same as it was in the school year. So for me, in the summer, my kids actually sleep a little bit later because they don't have to get up for school. My husband has a little bit more flexibility to help out in the mornings since we're not like doing that whole school thing. So that gives me a little bit more time. And I can also wake up a little bit earlier because it's lighter outside and I tend to be okay to wake up early and not be groggy. So I feel like I have almost this whole day before everyone gets going, which feels so good. But that said, it's so easy to forget usual patterns when we're traveling. So when we're on those fun trips, which are not connecting me to my own, but connecting me to fun, which is an important part of my summer, but I still want to keep these practices going. And so then I have a few tricks that I use for that. So I just try to set myself up for success. So a couple things that I might do is... I set an alarm on my phone so that, you know, if we're in a different time zone or I'm just on a different rhythm, I still wake up to honor my morning routine. Or I get, I have a really cute like zipper pouch and I can fit in there my journal and one of my favorite books and uh those cards that i want to look at in the morning and so i sort of have my morning practice in a bag right and a pen all those things some post it so i can you know figure out my food for the day i always write my food for the day on a post it even though i've planned for the week just so i can recommit to it myself so all of that's in a bag so that when i'm traveling i i still have my morning routine okay and then the other thing that I think is important for all the things we're doing as we set up our summer and why there's, we're doing this process with our family is that tell your family, tell your family what you want to do. So for me, it's this morning routine. For you, it might be an evening routine. It might be a lunchtime routine. It, it's going to look different for everybody. It might be that you get an hour right when the sitter walks in the house or You take your hour after you've dropped the kids off at camp, which is a little bit later. So it shifts maybe what class exercise class you go to. This is why it's very different for everyone, but it's yours and you can choose it. And so I really recommend looking at it and figuring out both how it can enter your daily life, this concept concept of OM, and how you can make that happen no matter where you are, whether you're home in your normal routine or whether you're you know, on some new excursion for the summer. Okay, the next thing that summer brings especially to the, my practice of OM is that it's a great time to grow in my practices. I feel like summer is a great time to experiment with maybe a new class or a new teacher. So when I travel, I always go find a new class. And the fun tip about traveling and going to new classes is that usually your first class at like a yoga studio or a meditation studio or an exercise studio is free. So you can go experiment with all these things and it doesn't even cost you any money. So that's always good. But I find that I get to experience new teachers and new voices and new methodologies and that that's really helpful in me stretching and growing into my own practice. Um, and, and it always informs me and it, it's the summer's such an easier time for me to do this. It's also, you know, as if you did the lifestyle sheets, you know that on there, there's a place to put what you're going to read. And so I always add in a few books to my summer list that's really about this idea of ohm or spirituality or connecting. And maybe it's new methodologies, new practices, or a memoir of somebody who really embodies a lot of these practices or their story. Um, That can also be really inspirational. So look that up, ping me, look around. There's so many great books out there. And then as you're experimenting in the summer, it's funny, I always tell everyone that there's just more time in the summer. And obviously there's not more time in the summer, but there's definitely more light. And I find that the light gives us the illusion that there's more time. And so it's just such a good time to also play and experiment with all these new things that we're learning and growing with. So whatever that looks like for you, but don't just read passively. Don't just take classes. Really implement this stuff, which you're doing because you're planning for it, but have fun with it. Bring this playful, easy attitude of summer to these practices and it can be really powerful. And that's definitely something that I do in the summer. Okay, so the other thing that the summer brings, I have two more things for you as it relates to OM and summer, is it's a great time to share practices with our kids. We all know that kids learn by example we know it. Sometimes we try to teach them anyway, but we know it. So what if you are the example of calm and ease for your kids this summer? What would that look like? What if the calm was contagious? And I know that so many parenting experts talk about this, but it is so true. So I'm going to tell you a little story. I will never forget the year, and it was not too long ago, where my now 15-year-old found meditation. It was two years ago, I believe. He was 13. And it literally changed so much for him so fast. And I give him 100% of the credit for figuring this out. You read about it somewhere, uh, you know, some magazine on the beach or I don't know, maybe a website, but he figured it out. He found his practice. It had to do with also with fitness at the time. So there was a fitness component to it. And he just really dove into it. But I do want to say that for many years, I have snuck down early in the morning and my kids have seen me sitting crisscross applesauce in the middle of the living room many mornings when I don't wake up quite early enough to get, you know beat them to the punch, and I'm sitting in the living room, and they come down, and they see me sitting with my eyes closed, and they know not to bug me, but they also probably notice that on the days that they see me doing that, I am calmer, I don't nag as much, I don't yell, and that maybe that moment on the floor had something to do with it. So I do think that we have to let our kids find their stuff. It's sometimes hard to teach, although little kids, you can certainly teach to sit down and meditate. You can teach them a yoga practice. You can teach them to stretch. Um, you can teach them to say grace at the dinner table. There's so many ohm related practices, quiet practices you can do with young kids, but I'm talking teens. They're not necessarily open, but modeling is such a good tool. And then they'll find it. And then they'll be able to... F- not feel weird about it, right? Like how I did with the OM or the OM in the class. Okay. Lastly, we unplug and connect with nature in the summer. This is really, really important aspect of finding this quality of OM. This amazing little computer, which I have in my hand right now, which we call a phone and we carry in our purses and our pockets has so many good qualities. It is filled with the relaxing meditations that I sometimes listen to. It has the answer to any question I have. I don't even have to type it anymore. I can just ask it. And it never lets me be lost when I'm traveling in a new city. But it's also really an easy way to buffer and indulge and miss that just the natural rhythm that my body wants me to be in in this world. And I really think it's changing that for us. And so I think it's important just to remind ourselves that we're not addicted, even if we maybe are a little bit, that we're not addicted and we can live without this thing or these things for a little bit of time. And so I mentioned a very purposeful tech-free camping trip we do. It's just like the phones don't even work camping, so I bring them. And other things I do is I try to work outside from time to time. In the summer, I'll share this in the work episode a little bit, but I, you know, try to use my pen and paper as much as possible. Um, I visit uh whenever i go to a beach i always leave my phone in the car like i have all these different places that like just aren't allowed to have phones a lot of times when i walk i listen to podcasts but very purposefully in the summer i make sure i have walks where i don't have, i'm not listening to a podcast or i i maybe i'm walking with my kids which i wouldn't listen to a podcast walking with them and i'm just really tuning in and listening to the birds and the sounds whatever they are whether it's the ocean or the water or Here, I don't have water, so maybe it's just the birds and the trees. And it's just really important. And I find technology can get me going just at a pace, at a rhythm that's not really mine. And so connecting to nature really can connect me to my higher self, to that small little whispering voice that knows best, to my inner knowing, to OM, to that quality of OM, And summer is just such a good time to experiment with taking this time off from tech. I feel like it really lends itself to that. Whereas we can make lots more excuses during the school year. So I would encourage all of us to go add some OM time to our calendars. This may be days when we don't have anything planned. It may be an hour every morning to move at a slower pace or practice your morning routine. It might be downtime after lunch every day, whatever you need, but just put it in there. Hold the space for it. It's really important to put this stuff in our calendars so that we can literally hold open that space and not let it be filled with other things. Another thing you could do is make a list of the OM practices that you just want to be part of your summer, just have an ongoing list. You might learn about others as you're going through it, but just make that list so that you are aware of the things that you really want to be in your life. And there is a little prompt for that on the worksheets. So don't forget to go download those worksheets. Um, I know I've been talking a lot about them, but I really do believe that there are three very powerful pieces of paper that can help you find just that, that, Magic pace this summer that you might be looking for. All right, I will talk to you on the next episode where we will dive a bit into work and what work looks like during the summer. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.